This is Purple Radio On Demand. Welcome to Purple on Toast, a monologue podcast from Butter Toast Theatre Company and Purple Radio. Our first piece this episode is Posho, written and directed by Jacob Frieda and performed by Rob Caesar. When I was 16, my dad made me get a job at Tesco. I know, me working at Tesco. Crazy, right? Well, it didn't last too long, to be fair. I think it was more the principle, you know, get off your arse and do a day's work. That sort of thing. And on my first day properly working there, after I'd done all of my induction stuff, I dropped a jar of something on the floor. Some ragu or something. And I look up and there's just this fat, middle-aged bloke in this, like, tank top and sandals standing there looking at me and he sees me drop the thing and he just starts fucking laughing at me like full-on like it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen well and he was a fat fuck too so he had a proper double chin just like a fucking seal and you know it didn't rattle me too much at the time but looking back i just think what an absolute dickhead like how much of a sad lonely dickhead do you have to be to go around laughing at 16 year olds like how fucking miserable does that make you And it just made me think that this is the happiest that man is ever going to be in his entire life. Like, all the things I'm going to have achieved by the time I'm your age. And you're stuck here at the ripe old age of 50 fucking whatever, laughing at some kid in the Tesco's in the middle of nowhere because he dropped something. I'm so much better than you, mate. So go on then. Laugh it up. Laugh your fucking arteries out, you fat sack of shit. And I wanted to yell at him. I wanted to, but I didn't. I just... Well, my manager came over and said he'd clean it up, which was proper nice of him, to be fair. And so I went round the back and just fucking kicked a box of something. Just kicked the shit out of it, like, yeah, fuck you. Anyway, I, I wound up doing a few weeks of that, and, you know, everyone else in the shop was lovely, so fuck him. And then I left pretty early on. I mean, of course I fucking did. And my dad was pretty cool with that, so to be fair, like I said, it was more about the principle. And he's made his point, so, yeah. Well, anyway, I was just thinking about that. Just popped into my head. The memory of this fat fuck laughing at me. Like I was some sort of zoo animal. And you know, just thinking about that and how... Right, so you know when you're with your mates, right? And one of them says, hey, let's do this fucking dumb thing. And you're like, yeah, why not? Because you're dumb as well and they're your mate. And then afterwards you think, God, that was stupid. But you still do it next time, even though you know it's stupid. And you don't... Um, Right, so, uh, yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was in Mallorca, yeah, with some mates of mine, lads on tour, oi oi, and uh, one day we were walking through this street market with all these stalls selling crap to tourists, like uh, baseball caps and wooden dildos and shit like that, you know, or some of them were selling handmade jewellery like bracelets and earrings and stuff, anyway. And and there was this one store that we ended up going to. Uh, it was just full of these little, tiny little porcelain statues, like figurines or something. And they were just honestly the worst things I've ever seen. Like, they were comically bad. That's how bad they were. They looked like something a year two would make for Mother's Day. Just absolutely shocking. And so I go over to this stall, right? And I say to this woman who's running it, how much for one of them? And it wasn't very much, because, like I said, they were shit. And so I said, all right then. And I got out my wallet and paid for about a dozen of them. That's how cheap they were. And I looked at my mates and made sure they were watching. And they were. 
and then I picked out twelve of these little shitty figurines, and I counted them out, and I positioned them all in a little line at the front of the table so they were just next to each other, side by side. And then I took my hand, and I just swept them all off. All of them, in one go, just whoosh! All of them, on the floor. And it was funny. I mean, it was wrong, but to be fair, it was actually funny, and my mates were all pissing themselves behind me, and you know... Well, it was funny, I mean, I'd, I'd already paid for them, so no harm done, really. Anyway, we were laughing, and I looked at this woman, half expecting her to start laughing too. And for a bit, she just stood there, not doing anything. And then out of nowhere, she starts crying. Like actual tears start forming in her eyes. Which I guess she must have been trying to hold back, because all of a sudden, this woman just starts sobbing. Full-on sobbing in the middle of this marketplace which I thought was a bit much, considering I just bought 12 of her shitty little statues, which is probably the best business she's had, like, ever. And now she's crying like I've just shot her dog or something. And and I mean, I'd bought them, you know. I could have shat on them right there if I'd wanted. Uh, Anyway, she starts crying. And so, of course, my mates do a fucking runner, like absolute bastards. And then people start looking over to see what all the fuss is about. And of course, they just see me standing on my own in front of this woman who's in tears, with all her figurines lying smashed on the ground, when I start worrying whether someone thinks I've stolen them or something. And then some bloke starts shouting or something. And I don't know if he was shouting at me or her or whatever. In hindsight, he probably just wanted her to shut up. But I start thinking, well, I've crossed the fucking line, haven't I? <laughs> and so I just bottled it and got the hell out of there. Bit of an anticlimactic ending, because I got home fine in the end. But I don't know. I just feel a bit shitty about it. Like, this woman must have put some effort into these things, even if they were shit. <laughs> and I mean, they were shit. But I don't know. I guess me sweeping them away like that could have hurt her a bit. A bit like that fat git who'd laughed at me in Tesco. He must have thought he was being funny. <laughs> the prick. And I don't want to dwell on it, you know. It's done. I can't undo it. It was a bad move. Like, everyone's moved on. Uh, she made a bit of money. I don't know. I just feel kind of scummy about it. I don't know. Can't really think too hard about these things, can you? No point in making yourself feel bad. Up next is Burial Ground, written by Izzy Flower, directed by Caitlin Barrett, performed by Francesca Chapman. Well, here we are. You and me. Again. Does it always have to come back to this? I mean, that's not a criticism. I'm not finished. Just a bit tired. You can understand that, right? Okay, so... We changed the listing again. Although I don't know how useful that's going to be. You can say what you like, be as smarmy towards the potential person as possible... But it's always going to be a two-up, two-down house where someone got murdered. Although, you're not meant to mention that bit. I always do, though. It just slips out. 
I'm showing the house to someone called Pauline from North Shields who wants to move so that her kids can get into a good catchment area and she can be closer to her husband, Pat, who works in finance, and then I just say it. You do know this is the Moore house, right? Then they look at me for a second, or two, or three, or four. Endless, building seconds. I see them scrolling back in their minds. More, more, murder. No, not that one. Scrolling, 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 and then, oh, oh. That house. Images from BBC News. The pavement being dug up. A trampoline next to a police tent. Women in fluffy dressing gowns with fags in their hands at the doorstep. The media speaking to them because they're poor and they want diversity. When really, both parties are as middle class as they come. Then, for a second, Pauline is frozen. What do I do? There's a struggle on her face and then it cracks into a smile. Nervous, jumpy, eyes searching the walls for running blood. She smiles again and again and again, all very twitchy. I just watch her I know it must shock her, me being so calm when the dead are creeping out of the cupboards. She thinks, is there something wrong with her too? I smile back, just as awkward, and think that I've asked myself the same thing. I'm getting off track. Sorry, I know you've heard all this before, so... They leave quite soon after that. Which is why Arthur, the estate agent, keeps telling me not to come to the viewing. He says I don't give off a great impression. I mean, can you believe that? Me, not giving off a good impression? I used to work in sales. I was going to go into homes for a bit and then I thought, no, the John Lewis perfume counter is where my talents lie. And then I went into the office anyway. And then I met you. Sorry about that. Didn't work out that well, really, did it? If you're interested, we've found somewhere new to live. Not too far away from Dad, so he can mind the kids. They're getting on well. Sam's done well in her mocks. Peter's having a few issues from bullies and the like, but nothing he can't deal with. He's good at dealing with odd situations, don't you think? The kids are a bit wary of moving. So am I. 
feels like witness protection. And they actually offered that to us, which was very odd because this isn't the wire. And I looked at the kids and the kids looked at me and then we burst out laughing and then we all started crying and Peter said, I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. Words ringing in my ears for days. I like the new house. There's no patio. It's all lawn, one big old stretch of lawn, unbroken by flower beds or a shed or anything. Just grass, sweet and clean. It's perpetually covered in dew and cobwebs. Beautiful. Hopefully we'll sell the house soon. It really was wonderful when we moved in. Do you remember you tried to carry me over the threshold and you threw your back out and everything was in boxes for months and we couldn't find cutlery for weeks? When we were looking round, you went into the basement. The estate agent nudged you and she was very pretty in a tight skirt and winked at me and said, it'll be nice to have a man cave, won't it, Jeff? You smiled back at her. You looked her up and down with your shark eyes and smiled that smile. We either sell the house or they'll tear it down. There's been a campaign about that. Even you might have heard. Laurie's mother started it, which is fair enough. She wants it to be raised and turned into a walkway like Fred and Rose West's house. I don't think you'll like Fred and Rose West, by the way. Don't presume that, please, because you always, always presumed things. You could have killed more people. <laughs> Thank fuck you didn't. Or we'll never sell. This has been Purple on Toast. Tune in next week for the final monologue of the series. Thank you for listening. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio Podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.